You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. It's Tuesday, June the 8th. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this is Winning Cures Everything. We are officially back June 8th. I think the last time we did a live show was, uh, ah, goodness, let me think, uh, May 24th, something like that. It's been several weeks. It's uh, been a while. Taylor is back in. He says, uh, welcome back, gents. He said, new intro video is clean. I haven't even shown it to Chris yet. So when he goes back and watches this, he'll be, uh, he'll be surprised, I think. So, uh, it's good to be back, of course. It's been a little bit. Obviously, you can see I am in the office, uh, but we have got a lot to get caught up on, and good gracious. Um, lots of NFL news, and, and we're going to hit on some of it, obviously, but the new schedule is as follows. For all of you that have not, uh, you know, if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, it was a little three-minute blurb where I kind of gave you some, some details. We are doing podcast only on Monday morning and on Friday morning. And then we're going to do a live show every Tuesday. And, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But, uh, but some days it'll be during the day. Some weeks, I think once we get into the season, it's going to be at night. Uh, but we will, we will figure all of that out. But a live show on Tuesday, podcast only on Monday morning and Friday morning. That is the deal going forward. We're pretty stoked about it. We've got some uh, interviews lined up that we're going to be doing over the summer. Pretty, uh, pretty excited about them. Not going to say anything yet, obviously. But, you know, we've got a big name for Mondays. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked about it. We will see how that goes. Uh, of course, if you haven't already, go check out winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. Still a bunch of stuff over there. Our SBR show has continued on. We keep doing that. So go and check out sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. This week's show will be up on Wednesday. So Ryan said, uh, what day is it? Tuesday show. Yeah, yeah, it's a Tuesday show. We're going to swap up the schedule just a little bit. Akbar jumped in. It's been a while, uh, it's been a while guys. Welcome back. 
we are uh, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us for sure. It's nice to see everybody back in. Let's go ahead and talk about some topics then. Chris, let's start off with the Julio Jones trade. We have not gotten a chance to talk about it yet. Here is uh, here are the details from it. Uh, multiple reports uh, suggested that Atlanta would deal the 32-year-old receiver to the Titans, and then they confirmed the trade. Falcons are receiving a 2022 second-round draft pick as well as a 2023 fourth-rounder, and the Titans get a 2023 sixth-rounder. Um, I think that this is a perfect match. Any thoughts? Um. <laughs> Yeah, you I, put you on so, the spot. <laughs> no, no, I, I've thought about this trade a lot because I've, I've been ready to talk about it since it happened. Um, how do I want to do this? Julio Jones is still a very great player when yes. he's on the field. Okay, no, yes. I'm not. This is this is going to sound like I'm trashing Julio Jones. Okay, and I'm not. I'm just not. I think they spent too much money for him. Okay, you think a second rounder is is too much for Julio? Because you're not getting the player that he was. You're getting the player that he is and the player going forward. All right? Do you think that DK Metcalf is better than Julio Jones right now today? Uh, Well, yes. Okay, do you think A.J. Brown's better than Julio Jones today? Yes. All right. I I could list off five to seven players that have all been taken in the second round of the last two drafts not counting this year's drafts. We haven't seen those guys. But but we could project those guys. I think Elijah Moore, I think if you asked a team, would they rather have Elijah Moore or Julio Jones? Would they rather have Rondell Moore or Julio Jones for the next three years, not for the next decade? Almost all of them would take the young guys because they're coming in instantly making hay. They're coming in immediately being able to pick up these offenses and play and make impact, okay? So... I do think a second round is too much for a 32-year-old player that has constant feet problems and leg problems and can't stay on the field. Oh, yeah, and by the way, hasn't made a huge impact in the red zone in about five years. Now, we've talked about that on this show. His impact in the red zone, does that have more to do with the play calling in that situation? Or does that have to well, do with... Well, he's been through about five different play callers, in that, maybe not five, but he's been through about three different play callers in that time. It's not like the same guy can't get him the ball over and over and over again, all right? So do do okay. we think uh, the offense there in Tennessee is going to be better than the offense has been in Atlanta? I'm I'm going to say, well, maybe not. I don't know. I, I feel like in Atlanta, like obviously Arthur Smith, I would feel good about him being with Arthur Smith. Yeah, but um, Arthur Smith's not in Tennessee now, so we have no, an now he's in unknown offensive coordinator about to call plays. Yeah, no, you're you're right. This about is not that. a knock on Julio Jones. I, Julio Jones is still a great player. Yeah, but going forward over the next three years, Julio Jones will not consistently be a top twenty-five wide receiver. But I, I think every year, two or three new guys are going to come into the league. Maybe four or five new guys, the way the last couple of drafts have been. But realistically, two or three from from rookies on are going to step into that role. And older guys are going to fall back. And Julio's one of those older guys. So yeah, I think I think it's a second round pick is too much. I think I think his true value is a third, but nobody would ever the, the Falcons wouldn't accept that. But people who thought that he should have gone for a first are absolutely insane. They're only former players that actually think that. Pat McAfee, your boy, your hero. <laughs> Pat McAfee went nuts. Pat McAfee's insane. Look at the there's 
20 wide receivers have been taken in the last two years, three years, in, in the first two rounds that are all going to be more valuable over the next three years than Julio. This is not a knock on Julio. Receivers are getting better. They're coming to league more polished than they've ever been. They're ready to play right now. I think that they have already got uh, A.J. Brown, and you line up Julio on the other side of him. and, and they've how, still many game, got, how many games in this 17-game series Julio play? I bet he plays 14. I'll take the under on that all day long. I'd take the under until you got to 10. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna bet. We'll we'll he talk hasn't about played this. fourteen games in a long time, Gary. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. I think last year he had like the hamstring injury. Uh, but my God, they were they were terrible last year. Like, why why it rush back? But hang on. So you think he's gonna not have injury problems the older he gets? I mean, don't get me wrong. He is thirty two years old. So yes, I. You are more likely to have injury problems the older that you get, but um. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he's going to be just fine. Let's see, he's played in, and, and so so also let's look at this trade. By the way, okay, let's let's look at this team. First off, this is a team that had to make this trade. They had no choice. Yes. All right, because without making this trade, AJ Brown and Derrick Henry look amazing, right? They've been amazing, and they are amazing. Okay. But the problem is, is there's nobody else. They have no depth at all. So the only time this team is going to be dynamic is when all three of those guys are on the field at the same time. Is that going to be 30 snaps a game? Is that going to be 50 snaps a game? Is it going to be 12 snaps a game? And then for how many games is that going to be? Because they don't have anybody behind them. Uh, you you do have a point there. Uh, as far as so this doesn't make them a Super Bowl contender. This no. doesn't change anything about where they're going to end up in the playoffs. They gave up a second round pick, and they're not going to finish it. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm talking a yes. shit ton to watch, but they're only going to be fun to watch when those three guys are on the field at the same time, and and that's not going to equate to any better finish than they've had over the last couple of years. In 2013. Uh, Julio only played five games. But since then, uh, 2014, he played in 15 games. 2015, he played in 16 games. 2016, he played in 14. 2017, he played 16. 2018, he played 16. 2019, he played so you 15. Got, you and got that all in front of you. How many snaps he taken in all those games? Is there any game where he took less than 20 snaps? Uh, I don't have snaps. I don't have snaps. Hold on. I've got touches. Does touches. It, 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 uh, well, you can't do touches. Yeah, I can't do touches. I don't I don't have snaps. Uh but I got games. For some reason my computer will not bring up Pro Football Focus, which is what I was trying to get up. So either way, I I've got uh I've got Pro Football reference up right now. But yeah, that's uh that is the the regular season games. And so, you know, uh, until last season, he had missed uh three games in five seasons. All right, when I talk about his availability, it's not just missing games, too. It's starting games. When I, when I, there's a reason I limited his snaps is he starts games, he doesn't finish games. He sits out large parts of games because he plays hurt constantly. Uh, yeah, He's okay. not important to a large chunk of the game all the time. Go back and look at those Falcons teams. It wasn't just last year. Yeah. Yep. He always plays hurt. Now, that's a that's a, con, a good thing for him that he plays through injury. All right? That says a lot about him as a man, his toughness, and his ability. But at the end of the day, you can only do so much when you're injured. 
He, uh, I'm just saying, I don't think he's going to be better the next three years than he was the last three years. And there are three guys that came into this draft this year that will outperform what he's put up the last couple of years because it's the way the football is going. Uh, you might be right about that. You might be right. We shall see. I'm, I like it because, obviously, Ryan Tannehill, number two in the NFL as far as passer rating on um, uh, uh, play-action passes. So this is only going to help that. It gives you yep. another uh, big-time option as far as a home run threat, right? Uh, and so long as he's healthy, obviously. Like, that's uh, the biggest part of this. But you line up A.J. Brown on one side, you line up Julio on the other side, and you got Derrick Henry back there. I think that's good. I think I think it's good for the Titans. That, um, hang on. That's, that's really good. Are they going to be able to stop anybody? Uh, that is something else. Now, I'm not saying that they're a Super Bowl okay. contender. Um, but that, I think they're certainly a playoff contender at this position. I mean, well, yeah, we but hang on. Would they be a playoff contender in a lot of other divisions? Or is it just the fact that we just assume this division's dog shit? I do the, think you this got division two teams is terrible. That, that might not win more than five games together. Yeah, no, that's a very so, that's so a valid that, that helps, right? Yeah. You're basically hoping that Carson Wentz is, is the bust that he's been the last couple of years, yep. and and you you moonwalk your way into the division, and everybody's going to claim that that was Julio's job. Julio did that. And I like Julio. I just wouldn't have paid a second-round pick for him because I think next year you can take that second-round pick. Now, that, that pick doesn't help you this year, but next year you can take that second-round pick, and you can get a wide receiver that might be better than Julio Right now, immediately, like that yeah. year. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're right because about that. Because that's what we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, Joseph Gomez said he disappears in games because he's doubled most of the time. Titans still need a consistent tight end. No, that's uh, that's 100% true. Ryan McCracken said uh, their defense is awful. He said, I'm, not, I'm glad that he's not going to the Seahawks because he always kills the Niners. Uh, that's true. That, that's also true. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. I'm curious to see how it's going to end up, you know, what it's going to look like. It's going to be fun um, to watch. Yes, I do think so. I but, do fan, think but so. fantasy football rarely equates to good real football. Yes, no, you, you're 100% right about that. 100% right. Uh, OB Matt jumps in, be like it, Bama, just hand off to Henry. Well, I mean, that's typically what they're going to do anyway. I mean, they did that most of the time, even with A.J. Brown on the field. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what they will do until Derrick Henry's legs fall off and... You know, it's not like he's getting any younger either. Uh, we all know he's a beast, but, you know, these players do get older. And as you get older, uh, who knows what you're going to see. So, uh, moving off of that one, let's jump into Pete Thamel's article over at Yahoo Sports today. And the title of the article is College Football Playoffs Expansion Plan. And it looks like they might move this thing to 12. I was a little bit shocked. I think that everybody kind of assumed that they were going to go to 8, and then eventually they'd move to 12 or 16 or whatever. Um, it, what they're saying is that momentum has has moved towards 12. It says, amid these conversations, a surprise emerged. Officials on campuses, in conference offices, and in the television world have expressed an openness toward a 12-team playoff as the most likely result. Uh, the quote here says, the reason that you go to 12 is because you can develop the road of least resistance toward a good result, said a high-ranking college official with knowledge of the process. So, I had trouble understanding that at first, right? And I, I didn't really get where they were coming from. But I think that I've, I've finally, you know, throughout the day, understand where he's coming from with it. 
if you if you set it up as a 16-team playoff, you're going to get number 16 against number one, and that usually will be a bloodbath. Number two against 15 will be a bloodbath. Three against whatever, da, 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 same thing. If you, if you set it up with 12, you're going to get five versus 12 and six versus 11. You have a chance of more competitive games. If you did an 18 playoff, your number eight seed, if you do a bunch of automatic qualifiers, you know, it, whoever wins the conference championship automatically gets into the playoff, you could have like the number 20 team facing off against the number one team, etc. You're still going to get number one against a lower seeded team, but you will have less of those games and more competitive games. And I think that that's what they're wanting. They didn't want to go to eight because you they're really looking at, at automatic qualifiers at this point. You're going to have the five power fives and then one group of five because they don't want to deal with those antitrust lawsuits, right? So you get your group of five team in. Now you have to deal with Notre Dame. Notre Dame, if, if they went from a 14 playoff that's all at large bids to an 18 playoff with six automatic qualifiers, well, then Notre Dame's shot just went from four down to two. You know, and I understand how the math works. Well, if they're number one, they were going to be in anyway, whatever. But the, the number of slots that are open all of a sudden shrinks from four to two. Notre Dame's not going to be good with that. So if you move it out to 12, and only six of those are AQs, I think this works for everybody. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Gomez jumps in. Did Gary just read tax code to me because I still don't get it? Uh, Chris, maybe you can help explain this a little bit better. Maybe I didn't do a good job. I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I, I know what the, I know what a 12 team playoff looks like. Okay, uh, I'm not afraid of bloodbaths because at some point in time the the big dogs are going to eat, and that's just what's going to happen. It happens yeah. in every tournament. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I I'm I'm okay with fairness. I don't like automatic qualifiers because. There are years where two or three, maybe not three, but there's definitely been years where two um, power five group of five. Or, I yeah. really hate that phrase because I think we're just perpetuating the problem by using that phrase over and over and over again. Group of five are better than the winner of the Pac-12 or better than the winner of the Big 12 or, or something of that nature. And, and that's a problem, okay? So we're going to let somebody else in. All this does is we're going to let one G5 school in so we can not get sued, and then after that, we can lock up the walls, and we can only let our schools in. This is the big staying big and keeping the small down. Um, we, we, we let one soldier through, and if they survive, they survive, and if they become a hero, it'll be a legend. It'll be an amazing story, but it'll never work. It'll never survive, and they'll never get bigger. They'll always stay smaller than us um, because they just can't ever get through. Um, and they'll cannibalize, cannibalize themselves to try to get there. So uh, th- th- this is this is the only thing I hate about it is the fact that it's just doing everything they can to make sure one little guy gets there. But they're doing that anyway with the rankings to, to begin with. Yes. When when they already keep, you know, Cincinnati last year, uh, you know, and, and Louisiana, uh, uh, Lafayette last year, just I guess Louisiana last year. Um, in Coastal down, Carolina. As far yeah. as they had with the resumes that they had. And they had teams that were substantially worse than those teams with per the resume way ahead of them. I'm talking six, seven spots ahead of them. Yes. Yes, I agree. It's uh, it's strange. It's it's goofy. Uh, Patrick Houston asked, are they offering more home games in a 12-seed playoff format, especially early rounds? Uh, yes. So the way that this would work, according to uh, this article, is your first four games are going to be at home, 
right? So five against 12, six against 11, seven against 10, eight against nine. And the higher seeded team, of course, will be the home team. You'll get all that playoff revenue, whatever. Now, obviously, this is all still way out in the open. They're going to take this to a group next week, I think. Or no, 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 it's next month. It's uh, it's in July. Um, and so the group that they're they're presenting their findings to, their recommendations to, is SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, Notre Dame AD Jack Schwarbick, and Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson. Um, they're going to go in. They're going to talk about this for several days. They'll figure out what they're going to do. There's nothing that's going to happen this season or next season, but 2023, you could see a change. 2025 is when the contract runs out. So, I mean, we'll see. But they're... The initial thought process here is four games on campus and then the rest of them you just place into the bowl system. Um, The contract for the Rose Bowl stuff ends up going away, I think, after 2025 as well. So they got to figure out how the Rose Bowl fits into all this. I mean, it's just going to be – there's it's big changes, big-time changes. Um, But, yes, as far as Joseph saying, you know, me reading tax code and whatnot, you're going to get five Power Five conference champions – and one group of five champion, whoever the highest rated uh, G5 champion is, whether that's from the AAC, you know, Central Florida, Cincinnati, Memphis, whatever, uh, or the Sun Belt, you know, Coastal Carolina last year was was 12-0 and 0 or 11-0, and 0, whatever they were. Uh, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of uh, teams that could fit into that spot. And I think with 12, you've got six at-large spots there. You know, Notre Dame, I think, is always in the top 10. I mean, almost, I don't know what they'll be this year, but over the past however many years, they've had one down year. They've been in the top 10 every season. This gives Notre Dame a shot at it pretty much every year. Um, I mean, they, they, this is good. And, and 12 teams sets it up where all of these P5 teams, and by the way, the G5, P5 is mainly just the money split, but even that is, you know, hey, Chris, you're right. We we perpetuate it by, you know, talking about it. But yeah, every that, time you say... Is. G5, group of five, all of those five schools are are just less than power five. And every time you call the Pac-12 power five, we're, we're, we just we just called them all power teams, saying, well, they're just obviously better than these teams. They're not. They're just no, no, not. No, they're certainly not. Uh, but I've they, seen but- Memphis and UF, UCF and, and, and Cincinnati and Houston over the last five years put on showings that would dwarf 80% of those in the ACC. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I'm talking to you too. Outside of Clemson, dwarfs what most of your conference looks like year in and year out. Yes, agreed. However, uh, those five will have a seat at the table, you know, and and the AAC won't have an automatic qualifier. Uh, Matt jumps in. They should do an NIT of college football. Yeah, we talked about that on the uh, the SBR show last week. Actually, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Patrick says that we're a couple of upsets of a Power 5 conference winner, Notre Dame, away from the UFA national coefficient situation. <laughs> Please, Jesus, let's not open that can of worms. Uh, Matt Miller said, damn, last time I saw you guys was on a milk carton. Yeah, no, we're we're back. Uh, we, we got three shows a week coming now. We're, we're back. but Only the, one live, though. The only, one on YouTube. Yes. You got to get the podcast for the other two. You got it. Go get the podcast. We got sure to push you guys to the podcast. We need We need that. For sure. But yes, Tuesdays, we will be doing the YouTube live show. So make sure you jump in, get your questions in, all that good stuff. Um, I'm kind of pumped about 12. I like 12. I mean, you know, anything's better than four. Four, four was better than two. Uh, it's, all, it's all better. It's all, you know. I do like I this like idea. Bi- I don't like bye weeks, but, like, you know. I, I didn't know how I would feel about uh, the automatic qualifiers, like winning your conference championship. But I think it, 
I think it makes the conference championship mean more, and I'm I'm okay. My with problem that. is, is it only means more to those five conferences. Agreed. And those five conferences don't deserve it all the time. No, I I'm, I totally see your point here. I agree with you, but so long as they're the ones that are controlling the money, and the ones that are controlling these TV contracts, I mean, I'll take what I can get at this point. I will take what I can get. Um, it's just going to be a separation. It's just yes. going to be a growing, bigger separation of the haves and the have-nots. Yes. Because the money is only going to get bigger now for them because they're going to get all this extra playoff money that the Chief 5 schools aren't going to get. The uh, So the three-team or the three-game playoff, the four-team playoff, uh, was worth like $490 million, I think, per year from ESPN. I'm... I mean, this thing is going to be a billion dollars. I mean, it's it's a billion dollar enterprise at this point. So, yeah, it's a lot of money, and it's uh, it's ridiculous. Matt said, uh, "When is the winning cures everything bowl?" Uh, <laughs> that's why we got to get you guys to the podcast. We got to push those numbers up, and then and then maybe we'll talk about it. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So, moving on from there, uh, sad news, of course. Uh, R.I.P. Jim Fossil, former Giants head coach, uh, passed away from a heart attack, 71 years old. Uh, I think it was this morning. Is that correct? Do you remember? Uh, I, 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 saw the, I saw the news this morning, but I have no idea when it actually happened. I, I think it was this morning. Uh, the thing that I remember the most about Jim Fossil was his, uh, his rant, I guess, where the team was like seven and four, and he came out and said, you know, he's pushing in all of his poker chips. He is like betting on this team to make the playoffs. They went seven and four at that point, but everybody expected them to be outstanding, unbelievable, you know, whatever. And he promised the New York Giant fans back in what was it, two thousand, early two thousands, oh one, I guess maybe two thousand. Uh, he said, we are making the playoffs. This team is making the playoffs. I believe in them, all that. And it was like an epic, legendary rant that has been run on playoff commercials forever. I mean, it's just a highlight that's going to live on forever. And show enough, I mean, they won every game after that all the way up until they got to the Super Bowl, and then they got run by the Ravens. So, And then a couple of years later, he got fired as the Giants head coach, went over to the Ravens as the offensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, he's still been around football and whatnot, but... 
Yeah, he's been out for a few years here. Uh, what what was he in most recently? Like the well, the most recent thing is he was a head coach of the Las Vegas Locomotives. That's it. That's it. What uh, what was the name of that conference? Um, the United I Football have no League. Idea. Yeah, he he was uh, the head coach. Uh, yeah, it was one of the versions of the UFL. Yep, UFL. He did that until 2012. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's uh, it sucks. You hate to see it. Uh, we we continue to see these guys just falling off, man. And it's it's a whole change into the guard. The old guard is out. Uh, the new guard is moving in. And yeah. uh, Patrick asked if if the twelve team playoff would conflict with the NFL playoffs by any stretch. No, this playoff is going to nope. start like champ- after championship weekend. Yeah, like basically. early December. Yeah, I mean that's that's all the it's going to run through all the bowl games. You got it. You got it. Like, this will be uh, the primetime TV for college football. It'll be middle of bowl season, right before Christmas and whatnot, kind of like we did last year. So, moving off of that, uh, we got two more topics that we're going to hit on. Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather fought on Sunday night. I'm going to assume, Chris, that you did not watch the same way that I did not watch on Sunday, correct? I'm done. There you go. I watched. I I, I restreamed, uh, bootlegged one of the Jake Paul fights. I'm. I'm never. I'm out. I'm out. I saw it. I saw what they're putting out there for the world. I'm not going to ever pay for it again. I'm not going to give my computer the aids that it gave it to try to watch that <laughs> fight. So Kevin Ioli at Yahoo uh, wrote an interesting article about it, and he said basically, and, and, and if you followed him at all on Twitter on Sunday night, he came out and basically was like. Okay, uh, they're going into the eighth and final round. You know, Floyd does nothing. Logan did nothing. And nothing happened. There is no winner. Uh, I got numerous text messages on Sunday leading up to it. Hey, you know, who who should I bet on on this? You know, I said, you don't bet on anybody on this. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, but didn't to claim a winner in this one, one of them have to get knocked out? Yes. I don't know that Floyd could knock anybody out like a child. He just doesn't hit hard enough. So I don't know if you've seen some of the the clips. Um, it, it looked, I mean, at the end of one of the rounds, it looked like he did actually knock him out, and then held him up until the bell rang to end the round. Like I saw, I saw, I saw the, I saw that little video. I don't know, man. They were using some super padded gloves. They were using the big gloves. This, oh yeah, this it was is not like gloves. standard boxing gloves. I, I, this is this is a shit show. I'm I'm not giving these sons of bitches any of my money I, or, or my time yeah. or my energy. They, I think they're drains on society and they don't make the world a better place at all. They so, just make it worse every day. Joseph Gomez jumped in. He said, "No judges, no points. If you didn't see this setup coming, I can't help you." Yes, agreed. But here's the thing. So I got numerous text messages asking about it, and then I explained to three different people on Sunday alone. It is an exhibition. It's only eight rounds. There's no judges. There's not going to be a winner. Like, what? I don't know what else you want me to explain. And they were like, well, okay. And I think so, that, uh, hang on. And I think in that picture of Floyd holding him up, he wasn't knocked out. I think he was gassed. I, I could believe that for sure. But that's what that's <laughs> what happens when you fight Floyd Mayweather. You chase his little ass around the ring all game, night long. That's just what you do. And now, I will say this. Uh incredibly entertaining job by Floyd Mayweather, an incredible marketing job by him to be able to go out and earn tens of millions of dollars again to do nothing. Hang on, hang on. Do you you think this helps his, hang on. This is the best boxer in the quote-unquote history of boxing ever. 
50 and 0. A guy who talks on the internet like us, trains for a couple of months, and goes the distance with you. You think that helps his legacy? No, it doesn't help his legacy, but I never said it helped his legacy. I'm saying good on him for making, you know, $40, $50 million to to go out and do this. I just don't think when you've made that much money that it's worth, like at some point in time, your legacy matters more than your money. I tend to agree with you. I don't think Floyd does. Otherwise, he would not have done this. Like I think, oh, he's, sure he would. He's an idiot. Well, okay, you you do yeah, have a point there. He gets punched in the head for a living. Yeah, he would do it. He's a moron. So I only wrote, right. I only wrote the article, and it was incredibly interesting because it it talked about uh, some different polls and this and that, and I think that this might be the last one of these that now. Obviously, Jake Paul is fighting uh, Tyron Woodley uh, here in you know a month. That or actually so, got picked the, up by Showtime. Yeah, but I mean, this was a the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight was a Showtime pay per view, so it, oh, Showtime. Was Showtime. I don't. Know. Yeah. I, I just thought it was on that other thing. That a they thriller. Were doing. Yeah, no, no, no. This was a Showtime pay per view. Showtime saw the the numbers that the Paul brothers are doing, and don't get me wrong, they both have millions and millions of YouTube followers and Instagram, you know, whatever. They are big time at what they're doing, and and cheers to them for. Making whatever hey, I got, they're doing. Hang on, I got to ask this question. Go ahead. They got millions and millions of YouTube followers. Now, I, this could be the most. We might get canceled for this. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to apologize now. Are any of those guys dudes? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Like I just assumed a bunch of 13 year old girls did it, and the Venn diagram of the 13 year old girls that like them and like boxing has to be really a small number, right? I would these dudes tuning in to watch this fight or watching them, hoping these guys get their ass kicked. Right? I will, I will, you know, like it was very strange. I, I've tuned in the one I tuned in, hoping to see the guy get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, I, it didn't I will happen. say, it, like, I'm out. It, how often do you hear an arena uh, chanting for Floyd Mayweather? Like it, it, I don't know the last time it's happened. <laughs> I don't know that it's ever happened. Gary. Yeah, and and that's what we saw in this. Like they wanted Floyd to knock him out. They want to see like, him knocking him out. Okay. Yeah. But but saying that they have huge followings, which is why people are tuning in, I don't know that their followings are tuning in, which means their followings are completely irrelevant. I don't I People don't think are they tuning are. in to see them get knocked out because people know that they're jackasses. Either way, they are selling fights. Like they, they are selling. That's I mean, ter- the numbers are crazy. Ter- we could, we, we also could have done the same thing if we threw a bunch of bums out there. Okay, this is what bum fighting is, but just for rich guys. This is all this is. Well, but it's it's rich guys that have followings. It's uh, people are curious about. It. Think about all the different media outlets that were all over this. It wasn't I, just because it was Floyd Mayweather. The Ben Askren, it doesn't, Jake Paul it doesn't fight. make it right. It doesn't make it no, okay. No, it's not right, and it's not okay. But we're we're talking. Why about are we it. talking about it? For so twenty minutes. The Kevin Ioli. And I don't care about Kevin Ioli either. Let's go. Basically, it's that this was the last of all of these celebrity whatever Thank fights. That was it. Praise to the God of Kevin Ioli. I appreciate yes. him. Thank that's, you for that's saying that. That's what he was saying. Because I don't ever want this. This is if it happens again, that's great. Until one of these shits get knocked out, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. That's I'm. I'm totally good with that because I don't think we're going to have to worry with it anymore. Um, but it is. It, it's it's changing the landscape of boxing and MMA. Like it. I think no, that this no, actually. No, it's not. No, no it's I think not. That this no, actually not. hurts. But, yeah, boxing maybe. Boxing is becoming more of a sideshow than it ever was. Yes. It is not changing the, the landscape of MMA. MMA. It's just not. Hey, Until one of these one of these little pricks step into a cage, 
It's not because those cage fighters ain't taking a payday. Those cage fighters are going to choke you out. And that's a very, very true. I am they're curious break about your the, face and they're going to make you bleed and they're going to choke you out. I want to see the Tyron Woodley, uh, Jake Paul fight. If only for the reason that uh, the MMA world hates Jake Paul right now. And Tyron Woodley is, is their best shot and maybe their only shot to uh, to get Jake Paul, you know, well, I'll, I'll have to watch it on Twitter again because I'm not doing Basically. this. I'm not paying for it. I'm not I'm not bootlegging it. I'm just out completely. Uh, Patrick jumps in. Please, Logan Paul, challenge Artur Beterbiev. And I don't know who that is, but if it's a real fighter, he'd probably knock out Logan Paul. So <laughs> that's the way it goes. We will uh, we'll close out with Garrett Cole. I know that you know a little bit about this topic, right? I know a lot about this stuff. I follow this stuff a lot, a lot. So, uh, Garrett Cole was called out by Josh Donaldson. Um, Let's see if I can pull up my article here. But uh, but Donaldson Donaldson came out and was like, hey, do you think it's any coincidence that as soon as Major League Baseball suspends, like, you know, 10 of these minor leaguers or whatever, that all of a sudden – Garrett Cole's spin rate drops like drastically. Drastically, like oh, I oh mean, yeah. We're by the way, his first legit. inning out after uh, they they started enforcing this, he also gave up five runs in like three innings. Yeah, five earned he runs. Got the loss. Yep. So uh, five innings pitched, uh, five earned runs. He got yeah. seven strikeouts, but uh, but it was his lowest average spin rate this season and his lowest in a start since September of 2018. Uh, he his spin rate was two thousand three hundred forty six, um, sorry two thousand four hundred thirty six RPM, and his lowest was two thousand four hundred five back in September. Uh, his spin rate was a let's see the, the, the season low two thousand seven hundred whatever. It, what we're saying is the spin rate what on the ball is, is, is he he cheated. The Yankees gave him a disgusting contract that's gigantic. Yep. He's cheating even more in New York, okay, because the spin rate went up when he left the Astros. went up. So the Yankees are teaching him something new and different. Oh, yes. And, and, and then, and then, now they're on the hook for this contract for a guy that doesn't know how to pitch, that cannot pitch. I are love we, it. I love every bit about it. But this is not just a Garrett Cole thing. Garrett Cole's a piece of shit, and that's fine. This is a – um. Uh, I tell you all the time, be very, 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 very careful of calling people cheaters. Okay. Yes. Be very careful of doing that because I assume that if you're at the level of big league players, everybody's trying to do some kind of edge and the two teams that cried boo more than anybody else with the Astros were the Dodgers and the Yankees. And as soon as the spin rate thing happened, the Dodgers and the Yankees both got caught, both got popped. They've been doing it for years. This is not something that just started happening this year. They've been doing it forever. Nobody calls them a cheater. No, they, they want to make themselves a victim. I don't have the balls to do that. I don't know how I'm cheating myself and somebody else starts doing this thing that's cheating and they beat me. And when they get caught cheating, I have the nerve to stand up in public and say, you're a cheater. You're a cheater. Get them. You're a cheater. I don't know how you do that. I would keep my mouth shut. I wouldn't say a damn word to a soul because I know the shit that I'm doing. Stories have come out, by the way. I'm going to go back to the Astros thing and the, and the Dodgers crying like babies also. Okay. Uh, stories have come out that that 
either that year or the year before about the tip pitching deal. Jacob DeGrom plays a playoff game in L.A. against the Dodgers and zero times in the entire length of a Jacob DeGrom game, the best pitcher in the last decade, and it ain't close, by the way. Zero times did the Dodgers swing at a curveball. Zero. Zero. The next time he pitches in that series is in New York, and they swung and missed all over the place, and he broke like a strikeout record for the Mets. Jacob DeGrom, after that game, they played another game in Dodgers Stadium. That next day, he walked the stadium, he said, for four hours looking for cameras and looking for marks because he knew they were doing something. But see, that story doesn't come out until now because people were talking about what the Astros did. And because the Astros were barbarians, because they were cavemen and they banged on trash cans, nobody, like everybody thought they were, they were Neanderthals and they have a problem and it's awful. But the Dodgers are doing it so sophisticatedly that nobody ever caught them that, that we just, we're just okay with that. I'm not. I'm not, by the way. I'm absolutely not. And I think they're a piece of shit, too. So this is what I love. I love that baseball is, is finally cracking down on this. Make the game fun. Make the game safe. Make the not safe. It's not going to make it safer. Make the game more enjoyable, but make it also fair. Here's what I really love. My Red Sox are not the best pitching team at all. How do they win games? They smash baseballs. Yes, they and do. I love that this should not hurt my team at all because they can't get anybody out. They're just going to outscore you 9-8. to eight. Yeah, I can, I can buy that. I can and the buy Yankees it. aren't going to make the playoffs, and the Yankees are going to struggle really bad. They're real bad, by the way. They're, they suck. The, uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The article here says, despite Cole's dominance all season, it, he averaged a 2.24 ERA. Uh, the Yankees are still a healthy six and a half games behind last year's AL champion, Tampa Bay Rays, in the standings. Uh, it said, let the Yankees find out Garrett Cole is nothing but a product of pine tar, and they may just become sellers at the trade deadline. Who, but who are they going to sell? That's what I was about to say. Who would who You're would not selling Garrett it? Cole. That contract is for like seven years, baby. Do you were you, taking that right in the ass. Does somebody trade for him if no. they think they can get no. away with the pine tar stuff? No. No, and you're not going to get away with time just to pine tar stuff. They are umpires are about to start checking balls in between innings. Okay. And that's the thing is when an inning is over with, umpires just stand out there, you know, put their dick in their hand for a little while while the other teams switch up and the team warms up and all this stuff. No, no. They're going to take all the balls from from the last inning and they're just going to start looking at them. That's what they're now going to do during their downtime. I can get down with that. I'm so no, Anybody gets like, caught trying to do it, you're out. This is uh, This is interesting, you know. Uh, I, love it. Cole, I love it. Like, I love it. It makes me sad. It makes me smile. What makes me happy is, is here's the thing. I don't really even have a problem with it. I don't care. Like this is not steroids to me. This is not tip pitching to me. This is something that bothers me. The only thing it bothers me about is it just makes the game so boring. You know, like I like a lot of hitting. I like action and, 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 and the pitchers are quote unquote too good. Well, they're too good because they're getting to use the shit. But anyway, my, my, my issue and the reason this brings up fire and joy in me is we had these two teams that everybody universally across baseball just supported when they called the Astros cheaters. And I thought 
There's been players that left their team. When Garrett Cole left the Astros to go to the Yankees, you don't think he should have told somebody, hey, they're tipping pitches? Oh, he I didn't know. say a word. Oh, no, he 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 believes in the code. He's like, no, he didn't say anything because the Yankees are doing the same damn thing. Yes, everybody was doing the same thing. That's why, why all the other teams why were. Why are people still so arrogant to call them cheaters? If you know you're cheating also, how do you? I literally, I'm listening to a podcast today and I heard a guy who's just like a regular phone caller call into a radio show or whatever. Okay. This is not like a famous person. And, and he was like, how did you learn that you could do this special thing? And he just said, Oh, I'm smart and funny. I think I, I should be pretty good at that. And I thought, man, I'd kill to have like that kind of confidence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I've, I've never once saw something that impressed me and was like, I'm pretty good. I've got some skills. I think I could do that. Never, never. I think, I think I just, I just don't have the self-esteem to do it. I have no idea how you know you're cheating and you can call somebody else a cheater. I don't know how you could do that with a straight face. I mean, you, you do have a point there. Uh, I don't know how you could do that. The quote, and they did, they went on national TV and Aaron Judge cried. He cried. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it was if it was just fans doing it, like that would have been one thing. Yes. But it was it was, it was players. Like that's it. That's it's it. Nuts. If it was just fans doing it. The quote I, from Donaldson, by the way, uh, he said, "Is it coincidence that Garrett Cole's spin rate numbers went down Thursday after four minor leaguers got suspended for ten games?" Uh, he said, "Is that possible? I don't know. Maybe." At the same time, with this situation, uh, they've let guys do it. So it says before the suspension, Cole, uh, Cole was arguably as dominant as any pitcher in the game outside of Mets ace Jacob Degrom. He was wiping out hitters with ease and with historic levels of control. As a matter of fact, he set a record for the most consecutive strikeouts before surrendering a walk 61 earlier this season. Uh, it says, you know, a couple minor leaguers face monster suspensions, and now suddenly Garrett Cole is getting rocked. As Donaldson put it, that's an incredible coincidence. He didn't claim to know what's going on. He is simply observing the data. Yeah. No, he's observing right, yeah. by the way. He's not an idiot. Okay. He's been around the yeah. game for a long time. Yes, you are 100% right. Yeti woke up. He said, sup, fellas, just woke up. Uh, don't know what was talked about, but how do you guys feel about the home state teams going into the Supers? Uh, Gary's not even talking about college baseball, man. I, I haven't yet. I love it. It's amazing. We're going to do a podcast on Thursday, you know, going into Friday. That's when all the regionals start, right? So, Well, yeah, but we had regional. No, that's when super regionals start. We yeah, had regionals the regional, last uh, yeah, week, man. Super regionals. Sorry. Yeah, hey, at Yellowstone Tigers, you know, keeping everybody on the edge of their seats up in Eugene. Like that was big. Ole Miss gets yes. to go. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, made their way through. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped about it. Like, it, hey, it's a little bit fun. of baseball talk, a little bit of college baseball talk. Go ahead. I think there's a slim chance Bianca leaves Ole Miss for the LSU job. I don't think it's a slim chance. I think it's a slim chance. I don't think it's a big chance. I, I, think, I think he really chance. likes that Ole Miss. The one thing that gets me is, is he gets to coach his son a senior year. And that's well, that's one big thing, but I also feel like, man, he like Ole Miss fans have kind of been all over him. Well, no, Ole Miss fans have been shitty to him this year. Until recently, they've been shitty to him this year. But if he if he takes them to Omaha and they have a really good showing there, no, I think if he takes them to Omaha and they win it, I do think he leaves. You think if he if they win, yeah, then he's easy to leave after you've given him a championship. It's LeBron leaving the first time from Cleveland or LeBron leaving the second time from Cleveland. Uh, yeah, okay. He left a okay. bastard the first time. He left a conquering hero the second time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can I can buy that. Hey, Akbar jumped in. He said, "Put Chris versus Paul one time in the ring. It's going to no. be a hate fight. We might not recognize Paul after that." He's I know you a lot that's of not true. I am not. Paul would beat the shit out of me. He's a <laughs> large, large man. I'm a large man, but I'm just a large mass of fat and shit and bongers, and that's it. There's, there's nothing to this. Oh God Almighty! All right, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, come on. All right, let's do this thing. You guys have been fantastic. Next week, come on in with your questions and whatnot. We love talking about them during the live show. Uh, every Tuesday from here on, the podcast will be out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the live show is going to be on Tuesday. So make sure that you are tuned in. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. If you want to catch Friday's show and Monday's show, you got to have the podcast. So head over to Apple Podcast, Google, Spotify, whatever. Please download the podcast. Yes. That's the only way we can make money. There you go. That is the way to do it. There's too so, many damn people on YouTube. That's it. You got that right. You have got that right. Now, we'll still be here for all you guys. We'll, we'll no, be I'm doing not the saying we're show. leaving them, but you can't profit off of it. The numbers have gotten skewed because there's yes. just too many damn people on YouTube. You are correct about that. But the podcast, however, that helps us out a ton. So join that thing. Make sure and leave us a nice review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, latest review over there, Axelove. Over there, he said, uh, one of the best sports talk shows out there. I listen to Chris and Gary pretty much on a daily basis. Very entertaining. Plenty to learn from these guys. Now, obviously, that was... Uh, that was before we, were we doing stopped daily. doing daily basis, see, that guy's going to be disappointed. <laughs> so see, it, that well, sucks. We're letting him down. Now. Hey, but you know what? We're back now. It's all yeah. good. Now he's got something back in the feed. Everything is good to go. So if you want us to read your review, go toss it over on the Apple Podcast review section. Leave a written review, five stars. We would appreciate it. WinningCuresEverything.com, SBRPicks.com slash NCAAF. All the links are down in the description. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure and click that like button and subscribe to the channel. Chris, anything else we did to hit? No, I haven't seen anything else come through. I have not either, so why don't we go ahead and end this thing. You guys have been great. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.